This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. He's going to score. Oh, no, not again. Ramondre Stevenson, 34 yards to the house. You see the, you see the silver and black Raider Nation are headed for the exits. Yeah. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? Oh. Keelan Cole with the catch of his life. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. And a step forward. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. It scores! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I can't believe what I just saw! Again! I can't believe what I just saw! This is unbelievable! <laughs> wow! On the first night of Hanukkah! It's a miracle in Las Vegas! Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, this is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. I think Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy, who are on the call, you just heard right there, courtesy of Compass, Compass Media, I think you, uh, I think they felt the exact same way that everyone watching the heck game felt, and especially everyone that was rocking the silver and black on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium or watching at home cheering for the Raiders as they were playing at Allegiant Stadium. I think everyone felt that exact same way as Jason and Lincoln sounded, except for they get paid to say it out loud, and they did. We're on Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920 inside the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. And joining us now on the phone lines is the former NFL defensive back. Uh, he's a hell of a cook. He's a hell of a chef. He does a whole lot of everything. He's covering the <laughs> NFL. He's doing a lot of everything. Mark McMillan joins us. And, Mark, thanks so much for your time. And I told the story as soon as that play happened, I stood up and I just walked over and I looked up at you without saying a word. What were you? So you knew what I was thinking already. Like, I couldn't believe that that happened. When you saw that play by Chandler Jones, what were you thinking? I couldn't believe it. I am still in shock. And, you know, I know the game was yesterday, but I think everybody across the world that actually saw this play are probably feeling the same way. Like, I, I never – you can't put it into words. And you're like, how dumb can you be? You know, <laughs> how, how dumb can you be for, for a Bill Belichick coach team to make that kind of mental mistake? It's almost like the players didn't even know um, they were tied up. It was almost like they thought they were down that they needed to score uh, to, to beat the Raiders. But, dude, take a knee, bro. Go right. to overtime. Right, exactly. I, I agree 100%. And, and that's what blew my mind is that they just they decided to run the ball, period, right? I mean, I just thought that they were going to take a knee and go into overtime, but they didn't. And so I was like, okay, well, whatever. They'll just tackle them and call it a day. And then all of a sudden they started flipping the ball back and lateraling. I'm thinking, Wow, okay. And then the guy who comes up with the play, Mark, Chandler Jones. We know he hasn't had the season that everyone expected when the Raiders signed him, but for him to stay in the moment, for him to stay the course throughout the course of the season, and it seemed like he's continuing to get better and better. What does that say about Chandler Jones, the pro? Um, You just said it. He's a pro. And, you know, uh, this game is a lot of emotions, man. People just think uh, NFL players, NFL athletes are, in, you know, professional athletes are just robots, but there's a lot of emotion and, and, and passion and heart and hard work that goes into just playing a game, uh, just getting up to go to practice. And uh, I, I've been hard on Chandler Jones this mm -hmm. year, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I was like, man, he needs to step up and see, needs to be consistent. But over the last three or four weeks, he's been getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, he's been getting a couple of sacks. So, you know, he, he's been stepping up to the plate. And, man, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Chandler Jones because he's a, he's a good player. He's a good guy. 
Um, he should be in the Hall of Fame one day with the numbers that he has. Uh, but, you know, to see him crying after the game, yeah. you know, just to see, like, it wasn't, I don't think it was tears of joy. It was probably more like relief, like, finally, something went my way. I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm a part of something special. Um, you know, when you're in the league, man, you just want to be part of some something special. You know, you want to be accepted and you want to quiet the critics. You know, people say we don't listen to the radio, but you hear the chirping, uh, <laughs> you know, from the media. You hear that. And, man, I couldn't be more proud of, of, of a player than I am for Chandler Jones today, man. He, he played his butt off, man, and he stayed in the moment. Yeah, no, he really did. And that's something that, you know, all the players in the locker room have said. I know he doesn't have the numbers, hasn't done this, but he's brought and it meant so much to that team. And then for him to be able to have that moment like he did, and that's why he said he, he got emotional, right? Because he said, I had to take a minute for myself. But, you know, when you're able to mean that much to your team without putting up stats, you know, what, what, how, what does that do for your locker room? How do, you know what I mean? Like, how does that guy rally the troops, even though he's not putting up the numbers that people expected? Uh, it just goes to show the young guys, if you stay stay at it, you know, don't give up, uh, you know, keep working hard, keep studying, uh, you know, stay focused, um, stay in the moment, because anything can happen in this game. I always preach these kids I teach, you know, I, I coach, always hustle to the ball, never take a playoff. Could you imagine if Chandler Jones would have just been like, you know what, you know, I'm not going to re- run this guy down, I'm just going to just, because he was actually getting blocked. Yeah. And he got pushed down uh, on the play as well. He could have just stayed down and took a knee and be like, you know what, whatever. But he stayed in the moment. He got up. He fought, you know, he fought to get back up and stayed in it. And, man, I've never seen anything like that, man. That was, and it was a nice pass. And then he get Mac Jones with a nice 50 and the prime time high step to go into the end zone. Man, I'm telling you, it was incredible. Again, I mean, you saw my reaction. You see me, and you've been sitting next to me in the press box enough where I'm real calm and cool. I don't do anything. But I literally had to yeah. stand up and look at you like, what in the hell did I just see? <laughs> Man, I, 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 you know, he saved me from going to get some cookies. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go get some cookies over time. You know, we'll be good. But after that, I was like, well, shoot, I guess I can't get no cookies. We got to go downstairs and get this footage. Yes, exactly. And that's what I said. I, that's the last thing I said to you. Well, it's going to be a fun locker room to get in a couple minutes. About to head head down that way right now. Again, we're talking with Mark McMillan here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So as far as the defense goes, Mark, over the last three games, three or four games, I know they haven't won every one of them, and they've had moments. And even yesterday, the, the run defense wasn't very good. But overall, I felt like they're improving. They're showing little signs of, of life. Are you seeing improvement from that Raiders defense over the past couple games? I am seeing improvement. Like I said, they were getting gashed, you know, in the second half. And that was something I, I talked about uh, yesterday on, on uh, you know, Raiders pregame live is halftime adjustments. How are the Raiders going to be able to adjust in the second half? In the first half, they did good. They stopped the run. Uh, they forced Mac Jones and a lot of three, three, three and outs. Uh, but the second half, it seemed like I don't know what happened with the, with the adjustments. The defense kept playing hard. And, you know, they've been, they've been on the field way too much. Yeah. And, you know, those guys stay with it. Uh, Nate Hawks made a you know a couple of big time plays uh, on one on one coverage. Uh, Robinson made a couple of plays one on one coverage. Uh, Max Crosby was in the backfield all all game. Uh, the stat sheet may not show it, but he was pressuring Mac Jones a lot, forcing those guys to double team and chip him off as well. But the defense have been playing with, you know well. They stayed consistent. Those guys are out there fighting. Uh, you know the tackling got a little bit better too in this game, so that was that was a good sign. Yeah, speaking of the tackling, Luke Masterson, the undrafted free agent, the linebacker, he led the team in tackles yesterday with 11. He just, to me, seemed yeah. like he was all over the field. What did you see from the young man, and, and how have you seen his, his growth? Oh, man, passion. Uh, you see every time he made a play, man, he was passionate and fired up. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what you need, you know, from that linebacker spot, man. You need somebody that's going to thump. Uh, you need somebody that's going to be a sure tackler. Um, because, you know, when these guys get in the open space, you've got running backs 220, 215 that can flat out fly. Uh, you know, he was in great position on a lot of plays. Um, you know, he wasn't out of position. He was there to make the plays that he needed to make. Uh, but like I said, I, I love the guys that come in and do their job and love the game. And, you know, the, it's a game of emotion. And you know, sometimes they, they try to take that out of the game. But that man showed a lot of promise yesterday. Leading the team in tackles, that's big time right there. Yeah, no, it really is. Again, Mark McMillan is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Damon's got one for you. Yeah, I want to focus on the secondary here. What did you see in particular from Amik? Because he did get beat on one play. I felt like the Patriots yeah. were really trying to target him, but he did step up more times than not. Yeah, and that's what he's going to have to continue to do that. You know, obviously they're not going to challenge Nate too many times. And, you know, Robinson's going to be that guy that he's just got to step up. And as a defensive back in this league, man, these receivers are so good. You know, it, it's, it's tough to guard these guys one-on-one. And, you know, the Raiders were putting a lot of pressure on Mac, And, you know, they were playing a lot of man coverage, uh, putting those guys out on the island and, and trusting those guys will make plays. And, you know, for, for Robinson to, you know, answer the bell, um, you know, just not getting his head down. That's one thing about that young man. He'll get beat, but, you know, he'll come back and, and fight for it. And, and, you know, he'll come up with a play as well. You know, Mark, let me ask you real quick, because Amik, we know he's not the biggest dude. And, of course, you were called Mighty Mouse for a reason, right? You were a smaller dude as well. <laughs> How personal did you take it when you felt like, okay, this team is trying to come after me because they think they have the size advantage on me? Uh, it was real personal. So I used to get fired up and pissed off, man, and, uh, you know, playing on the long side of uh, uh, Eric Allen for all those years. Uh, mm-hmm. I think like four or four years out of my eight-year career, I played on the other side of EA, man. So I had to find out a way to, you know, be effective and, and get those guys off me. And, you know, you just have to be a student of the game. And uh, once the game started slowing down for me, I was able to get a lot more interceptions and, that's when it was like, you know, it was like, okay, you're not going to throw the 2-9, you're not going to throw the 2-1, so you better find somebody else to throw it to. <laughs> so, you know, that same kind of chip on Robinson's uh, face, um, you know, so I always root for the guys that, you know, a lot of people count out. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a fan of Nate Hobbs, man. I always, I know people are like, man, why are you always on this jock? But I just like to see young guys just be successful in this league because it's hard to be a defensive back in the mm-hmm. game of football today. And something else I wanted to talk to you about, when it came to the Patriots' offensive play calling, much has been said they've got a former defensive coordinator calling the plays, and it doesn't look too well. What did you think about the Patriots' offense and the play calling that they actually did? Man, I could have called – you could have called better plays than that. (laughs) I was like, man, and you could see Mac Jones, man, throughout the game. He was visibly upset Mm -hmm. um, at a lot of the calls that they were making – um, there was some delay of game penalties. Uh, you know, they're not getting the calls in correctly or quick enough. But some of the play calling, it was like, man, it, it, it was, I think I tweeted out, he had better better offensive coordinators in college than he did in the NFL. Right. No, no doubt. I mean, the play calling to me was bizarre because they were dominating on the ground and then they'd go away from it, right? they just start throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. I was like, what are they doing? But, you know, the Raiders will take it. <laughs> Who does that sound like? That, that kind of sound like the Raiders, what they do. And all of a sudden, you know, Devontae Adams, what he may have, what, three or four targets in the second half. I know Max uh, Hollis was getting targeted, you know, more than Devontae. Um, and, you know, he, he dropped a couple of balls, you know, that mm-hmm. he should have had. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, good for Darren Waller, too. I know I want to throw that out there. You know, the young man hasn't played in months, scored a touchdown. 
Uh, he even had a PBU on Devontae Adams. I don't know what he was doing on that route. <laughs> Man, that it just seems like, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up because it just still seems like these guys don't know. And, and I kind of figured that with Darren Waller being out as long as he was, that was probably on him. But, I mean, those two guys being in the same area and then him breaking up that pass, that was going to be a huge completion to Adams if Waller doesn't break that up. That was going to be a big-time play. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of fans, you know, probably listen, didn't see it, uh, probably can't see it on TV, but, he was wide open. You know, yep. there was nothing but great craft ahead of him. And just seeing the emotions after that play, you can see him put his hands on his head. Uh, you know, Devontae's not a guy that's going to show the quarterback up. But as a player, you got to know, like, are you freaking kidding me, man? I had this dude beat. And, you know, obviously, like I said, they're not on the same page. And you can't expect Waller to be on that same page and then have that kind of timing being on the sideline for so long. No, you can't. And that's, you know, multiple times that that's happened this year. That's something that's got to get worked out. And you can only work it out with uh, with playing time. Well, Mark, final question for you. I'm, I brought this little nugget up earlier in the show. Right now, currently, 20 out of 32 teams are 500 or worse as far as their overall record. So there's a lot of parity in the NFL, which is exactly what they'd like. Does it Yep. Does it make does it make the the fan base feel a little bit better knowing that there's more teams similar to the Raiders than there aren't? Well, as a fan, I'm sure the Raider Nation they're probably like, hell no, we want to be in a position that we go to playoffs. We don't right. want to be in the middle of the pack and be average. But uh, you know, as, as bad as things seem, you know, Q, like you said, there's a lot of teams out there that's in the same boat. And you know, I'll put my I'll put my money up against the Raiders against a lot of these teams uh, because they always they're going to score points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just they have to be consistent and way too many penalties. I think they have like yes. 14 penalties. Thir- 13 for 90. 13 for 90. Yeah, you can't have that, you know, especially for a team that's struggling to score the ball, you know, mm-hmm. in the second half. But uh, delay a lot of delay of game penalties. So that's just going to show you, like, uh, Josh and, and uh, you know, Carr are not on the same page when you have that kind of miscommunication with the shot clock or the play clock going down. You just can't have those kind of mistakes. No, you really can't. There was way too many times. Even my mom texted me. I was like, what in the world is going on with all these delay game penalties? <laughs> it's like she wanted me to go down there and be like, hey, guys, can you speed this up a little bit? Let's not, <laughs> let's not see any more of these delay game penalties. Uh, when Mama Q speaks, everyone's got to listen. But, Mark, I got to ask you, man, what you got coming out, man? Grilling McMillan. I know you got the Grilla Grills. What you got going on? Yeah, man, I'm probably uh, partnering with Grilla Grills, man. We just uh, announced that today. Um, you know, so I'll be doing some amazing projects with those guys. Uh, Evil Pie, I partnered up with them. We're going to be launching a Mesquite Grilled Chicken Pizza mm. uh, January 1st uh, for Evil Pie, and the proceeds are going to go back to the uh, Nathan Adelson uh, Hospice Care Center. So each slice, we're donating a dollar back uh, to the Nathan Adelson uh, Hospice Care as well. So I'm excited about that, man, with my Grilling McMillan-infused olive oils, man. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up. And then shout-out to uh, Wicked Donuts. You know, they came into the studio the other day. They even made your boy his own Mighty Mouse donut yesterday, man. That was pretty oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's good to be you, brother. <laughs> it's good to be you. You're doing, it, you're doing it the right way, man. And what I really respect is not only are you doing it the right way, but you're paying it all forward as well. And that's, you know, everyone doesn't do that. So, man, hats off to you for everything you're doing for the community and trying to get as many people involved as well as possible. So, uh, like I said, salute to you, my man. And thank you so much for your time. 
I appreciate it, man. Shout out to Mama Q out there. Shout out to Mama Q. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There he goes. Mark McMillan, a longtime NFL defensive back right there, played it at the highest level, so he definitely knows what he's talking about. Love to get his feedback on a Monday. 317 is the time. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Got a ton of text to get to at 69187, keyword R&R. Where would you rank that finish to Sunday's game as far as the best finishes that you've witnessed in your sports history and your sports fandom? Let us know about that, and then – Again, 20 out of 32 teams in the league are 500 or worse. That's their record. So how does that make you feel about the, ra- the overall season that the Silver and Black have had? 318 is the time. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. But you got to play to punt safe. I'm not sure why McDaniels didn't call a timeout. They have all three. And again, the Patriots get the ball before halftime. Josh McDaniels now goes over to the official. They don't take the timeout. Pilardi, he got the block! Coates up the middle of the block. It's scooped up by the Patriots. And the Raiders make a tackle back in the New England 21-yard line. Malcolm Coates came off the left edge and got all of the ball off the foot. Forget the timeout. <laughs> now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Inside the underground lounge of the Oil Hotel and Casino, you heard Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy on that big pump block by Malcolm Coates. And that was a crazy play, a crazy kind of... I don't want to say turn of events, but sitting in the press box, I wasn't. I was wondering why McDaniel's wasn't calling the timeout, thinking, okay, well maybe they have an opportunity to score. And then I thought, okay, well maybe he's just content with going into the locker room, whatever the score is. They're just going to, you know, receive the ball, basically kneel it out and go into the locker room, regroup and, and come back out in the second half. And then he was going to actually call timeout because the 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 whole play was looking all messed up, was looking kind of weird and, and screwed up and. And he actually explains it better, but the officials reset the, the, the play clock. So, as in his words, they pumped it back up to 25. So that's when he went over to the officials to call the timeout, and then they snapped it before he had an opportunity to do that, and then Malcolm Coons blocks it. He just went. The Patriots weren't set. They weren't ready to, to, to really have him snap it and, and punt it. And, well, it just went and worked out in the Raiders' favor. Uh, that was a big play that I got caught up in the moment of Keelan Cole and and Chandler Jones and kind of blanked on the first half. So when I did my podcast and I handed out game balls, didn't even hand out a game ball to Malcolm Coos, but that was a big-time play, and I actually asked head coach Josh McDaniels about that earlier uh, today. So we'll get to that uh, coming up in just a few minutes. I do want to get to some text, though, on the don'tbebroke.com text line. And right now there's time to call in if you want at 702-365-9200, but the don'tbebroke.com text line, very active today at 69187, keyword R&R. Want to know... Where you would rank that finish to Sunday's game as far as the best finishes you witnessed in sports history? Dave B. in the 757 said, Q, last night ending has been the best I've seen since being at the 2017 KC uh, Raiders game. That 31-30 win with Crabtree catching the end, heart attack special. That was, and thank you, Dave B., for that text. That was that Thursday night football game when Marshawn Lynch uh, got kicked out of the game for trying to protect Marcus Peters. He got kicked out of the game, and I just knew that the Raiders were losing that one, and that was the one where I think the Raiders lost it two times, but then because of penalties, they had opportunities to play the down over again, and then they won it multiple times because of penalties. They had to do it again. It was just unbelievable. And at the time, Greg Papa was the play caller, and I think he called touchdown Raiders about three times, it felt like. And then finally on the last one, he said, and this time there are no flags, and they won that one. That was a hell of an ending. Seems like the Raiders always have some endings, man, some some big-time endings on Thursday night football, right? And even, obviously, the one a week ago when it wasn't in their favor. But it just seems like Thursday nights, man, something something happens 
for the Raiders on uh, Thursday night. So uh, thank you, Dave B., for that text. I do appreciate you. I uh, got a text from Vegas Pete. He said, uh, Allegiant was the loudest he's ever seen when Jones stiff-armed the quarterback and then scored. That was a Jacobs time of stiff-arm. So that's from Vegas Pete. Thank you so much for that uh, text, my man. And it did get – it got loud, but it was funny. It got loud in the way of everyone didn't really know how to react. Right? It's like everyone's kind of like, oh, ah, oh, oh. I mean, it's just, it, it was like levels to the game, right? It just – it started out of one area, then it started – and then it's funny. I saw a video. Someone tweeted it out. I saw a video of a Patriots fan who was cheering and cheering and cheering. He's like, yes, yes, go, go, no, no. Oh, blank. What the just happened? Oh, what just happened? You know what I'm saying? It was like it was different levels to the game. So that was, man, you want to talk about roller coasters. That was a hell of a roller coaster. And it was a, it was a great environment to be in at Allegiant Stadium to see it all shake out the way it did with Chandler Jones scoring that touchdown. Let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, what's up, Q? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey, good, 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 man. What a win, what a win. Hey, you know what? I, we never complain about a win nope. in the NFL because you there's a lot of games that you could have lost that we have lost in the past, and I, I accept the win. I don't care how it happens as long <laughs> as it win. But, but I, I did want to say one thing, though. Um, McDaniels is not – I'm sorry, Q, but McDaniels is not a good coach, man. He This, this game – he came in the second half and got out coached by Belichick. And you know it and I know it. And I know, you know, Raider, the, uh, Raider Nation, we know. We looked at – everybody thought this was a loss. You couldn't score nothing in the second half? Come on, man. We didn't do nothing to that last rock. Couldn't even Why get a first he, down in the second half. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. He never adjusted. And we cannot – we keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And then I was confused with him. He didn't know whether to call timeout at, towards the end of the game uh, um, in the first half um, when we blocked that punt. And then in, in, in the second half, he, 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 you know, on, that, um, on the play that, that we caught to tie the game up, he, 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 he had the, everybody on the sideline, and I was just watching him. But my thing with him, he's not adjusting. What is he doing? You can, and you got to give hats off to the defense. They played well. They stay, they were they were gassed. They were out on the field getting ran through all game long. So we got to give McDaniel's got to next year he has to adjust in games. That's the biggest thing. That's why coaches win and lose is adjustments in the second half. But I, I thought we we played well. Um, but we got to play sixty minutes. We only playing thirty minutes of a game, and that's not good. We don't. We we, we got. We can't continue that. Hey Q, and last thing. Uh, I, I, yesterday, man, it was so many um, Patriots fans at the game. What is yeah. going on? You never seen that in Oakland, never. This is just ridiculous to me. And I understand they want to make their the the, the 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 those guys want to sell their tickets. People want to sell their tickets, man. But we ain't never had in Oakland or any any Raider establishment, even in LA, that half the fans were another team. We starting to turn into the Chargers. And the Rams, which all their home games is half of the other team. And I'll hang up on that, Q. Let me know what you think. Yeah, we'll do. Hey, thank you for the call, Raider Mac. I appreciate you. And, yeah, there was. There was a lot of Patriots uh, fans there, and they were loud. You know, they were, they were very loud there. But, I, I mean, I'll say, and this is no disrespect to Oakland because I love Oakland, 
um, it's not a destination location. It's not some place where people look at the schedule and say, hey, want to go to Oakland in week 15. Like, that's not what they're going to do, but they're going to want to come to Vegas. So that's one thing. The other thing is the Raiders haven't been winning. You know, winning, again, winning is the ultimate deodorant to everything. If the Raiders establish winning at home as a culture and start doing that more times than not, right now it's a, it's a crapshoot. It's a, it's a coin flip. They're literally 11 and 12 at home so far at Allegiant Stadium. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. So if they start establishing themselves as winners, like Mark Davis said when he opened up Allegiant Stadium, that's where he wanted other teams you know, to go in their dreams die or however he worded it. If they start doing that consistently, then less people will, 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 will buy tickets and go, and less Raider fans will sell their tickets. That's the other thing. A ton of Raider fans are selling their tickets. And I said at the top of the show, I think that on New Year's when the 49ers come to town, I think it's going to be a lot of red in the stadium. I really do. And that sucks. I hate that. But I just I, have, I feel like that's what it's going to be just because a lot of folks have already sold their tickets. And I know that they're making a big push in the Bay for a lot of 49er fans to make the trip. And who doesn't want to be in Vegas on New Year's? Right? I mean, that again, it's, it, it's a gift and a curse being here in Las Vegas. Right? The gift is Las Vegas is awesome. The curse is Las Vegas is awesome <laughs> for everybody. Right? It's not just awesome for me. It's not just awesome for you. But it's awesome for them. So, I mean, that's just kind of what it is but thank you so much for that call and as far as McDaniels we'll get to some sound from him coming up in just a few minutes that might explain a little bit of the issue especially in the second half for the Raiders offense but let's get one more call in big Jose from San Jose welcome to the show brother my guy Q how you doing brother I'm blessed man how are you you I'm doing well man I just pulled out of the house at the crib calling you from right here from King of Story you know what's up on King of Story yes sir yes sir east side east side uh, before I get to the game, I want to just give a shout-out to Deron Harmon. He's been playing, you know, outstanding this year. Didn't hear a lot from him yesterday. But, you know, just to throw a name out there, he reminds me a lot of a Van McElroy. Van McElroy was one of my favorite Raiders back in the day, okay. playing the same position and playing with the same kind of intensity. So I just want to shout-out that. But, man, what a Sunday it was yesterday, right? The way if you <laughs> watched the, the World Cup and the way that finished. Yeah. And then the way the game, our, the way our game finished when Mac Jones, Mac got trucked, boy, by Chandler Jones. <laughs> that was the best part of that whole play. He just got face planted. He got trucked. Yeah. Right? And it's a great ending. But I think that would rank number two only to another event that happened at the Coliseum, and that's Ace Baseball on the last day of the season when they beat the Texas Rangers, the Rangers. for the AL West title. Yeah, I remember yeah. that game. I remember that game. <laughs> they were, they Josh five, McDaniels, five right? Back with five games to go. Yeah, we were there. I let my kids cut school because they nice. were in France. And I said, "Hey, Good I take the there. You guys are going to the game with me." And down five runs, and they came back and, and beat that game. They won that game, I think, twelve to five or something. But they were down by five, right? Yeah, was that it? Was, um, was what was his like name? That. Uh, what was his name? I said Josh McDaniels. I didn't mean Josh McDaniels. Josh, um, what was what was the um, yeah? Josh Hamilton. Did he drop the ball in the outfield or let it just fall? He dropped a fly ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just flew over from there. But yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm at, man. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like. Hey, man. If you if you if you talk about an A's game as a as a one of your best you ever seen, you know you ain't gonna get no argument from me. I'll take that every day of the week there and twice go. on Sunday. <laughs> Thank I'm you, good. Bro. Hey, thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. My guy, Juan the Smasher. I've seen this guy like three times in three days. What's up, Juan? What's up, Q? What's going on? Man, I'm chilling, man. How you doing? Man, I know that's right. Hey, Q, <laughs> I'm blessed right now, my man. I'm feeling good like I know I should. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to, and to answer your question, Q, 
I'm, a, I'm just going to put up the games that I've been to at Allegiant Stadium. Because if you ask me, the best one I ever watched, I, I could say Charlie Garner back in the day when he took it to the house with, with the Jets. But that was back then, so this is Vegas now. And uh, I would say that, that game yesterday, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes. And I'm, I'm happy, bro, because I met Josh Jay, and then we get this crazy play. Man, I, I, I'm going to put it up there with that one in the Ravens game last year. I was at that one, too. And oh, yeah. Crazy. Yep. Yes, sir. But this, this, this game yesterday, I'll take it. I don't care if it's good, bad, or ugly. I'll take that, too. And you know what? Some fools believe in white Jesus. I believe in them Raiders. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Juan the Smasher, I love it, man. I love it. I, hey, man, thank you for the call. And you know what? Allegiant Stadium has had some endings, hasn't it? It has had some endings for real. You brought up that Ravens game, Monday Night Football last year. That was the Zay Jones walk-off touchdown catch. Obviously, Week 18 last year, the, the field goal, the win over the Chargers, to put the Raiders into the playoffs. This year, you know, in a bad way, the Cardinals lost. That was a hell of an ending, not, not in a good way for the Raiders. But then... Yesterday, hell of an ending for the right. I mean, man, Allegiant Stadium, it's been a short-lived place, but it's had some endings. Again, they haven't all been in the favor of the Raiders, but they've had some endings there at that building. So uh, the Raiders just need to do their job in, in winning, having that winning uh, culture at Allegiant. So when Raider Nation knows that they're buying tickets to go to the game and they're getting the hotels and they're getting the flights and they know they're going to spend money eating food and going out and all that good stuff when they come to town, they, they know they're going to see a winner. They're going to establish that dominance at Allegiant Stadium. That's something that they've got to work on. Damon, uh, do you want to take a quick break or do you want me just to go straight to Coach McDaniels? All right, we'll take a quick break. Underground Lounge, Oyo Hotel and Casino. Got to listen to the boss. That's why he's called Damon the boss. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. 840-3333. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. The Underground Lounge is the spot inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every Monday night for Monday Night Football. Tonight we got the Packers and we got the Rams closing out week 15. Earlier today we heard from head coach Josh McDaniels. He broke down what he saw from the game on Sunday. Uh, really came in with a strong statement. It was about three minutes long. I'm not going to play that because, well, it's about three minutes long. But uh, there's other there's other sound bites that I want to get to here in this segment. And I want to kind of go back to what Raider Mack had to say when he called in and he was talking about the play calling, especially in the second half. And I sat in the press box, and I remember at halftime, I tweeted out, this game is going to go as the Raiders' offensive line goes in the second half because they were already down Alex Bars. So they had started the game with a Hironis Grasso in at one guard position. And he was having holding penalties. He was having false starts. He was getting blown by by a defensive lineman. And look, I don't want to make it sound like he wasn't doing a good job, but the Patriots' defensive line ain't no joke. And then they, on top of that, they got Christian Barmore back too. Like, they needed extra help. I think they had, like, 20 pressures on Derek Carr on Sunday. So, again, not making excuses, but I kind of felt like, okay, this game's going to go as that offensive line's able to hold up. And then, during the game, Dylan Parham goes down. And he goes down with a knee injury. And then you have Jordan Meredith sliding into the other guard spot. So now you're down two of your starting guards. So now you're really in trouble. And I felt like, and this was just me, I felt like Josh McDaniels was not comfortable and confident in those guys to be able to hold up to open up the playbook in the second half. And I mean, 
to get a first down was a struggle. They were on the super struggle bus to even get a first down in the second half. It was bad, and I just knew that that was going to lead to the Raiders' loss, their fifth loss of a double-digit lead. And then today's conversation here on Raider Nation Radio 920 would have been totally different than what we're talking about. But, in fact, they win the game, so the conversation is a little bit better. But what does that mean moving forward? Because they got a game on Saturday. Are they going to get their offensive linebacker attack? Well, we'll find out when we talk to Coach McDaniels on Wednesday how he feels about that. He didn't have an update really on the health of those guys as of today. But he was asked about, you know, not only the offensive line, the health of the offensive line, but also about Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro returning. Did that affect the play calling, especially in the second half? Yeah, it does. And, um, you know, you never want to say that it's okay to punt the ball on offense. I mean, uh, as being an you know, a former offensive coordinator and somebody who's obviously very, um, you know, involved in that side of the ball. Um, but, you know, there are times where the game dictates that, you know, you got to be smart, you know, versus, you know, trying to do too much. So, um, and I thought those guys battled their butt off, you know, and, um, you know, we certainly, that, that was not the only reason why we didn't, you know, have more success as the game goes on. And again, they deserve a lot of credit. That's a really good front. Obviously it's a really good defense. Um, you know, but yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, communication I thought was okay. I thought just in general terms, you just got to be, be smart with what you're attempting to do there. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta know who, you know, who you're out there with and how long they've been here, like you said, and, uh, what their limitations might be. So there was head coach Joshua Daniels. Again, that doesn't explain everything, but I feel like it was a major part. Like when, the, when, when Dylan Parham went down, I thought, oh, man, that's going to be bad. And it was. And the offensive line was something I was talking about going into the game just because you knew what the Patriots were able to do just on Monday night football against the Cardinals when they came up with six sacks. So you know that those guys can get after the quarterback. Figured it was going to be a tough day at the office, but when you lose another offensive lineman that was your starter, you knew it was going to be – a struggle. So another area that made the Raiders struggle offensively was all the penalties, all the pre-snap penalties, delay a game, false starts, stuff that put them in first and long, second and long, third and long, just ridiculous. I mean, they had 13 penalties for 90 yards, 13 for 90. You're not going to win too many games like that. Luckily for them, they pulled it out. But man, you just can't have those kind of penalties, especially the ones that aren't forced by anyone. Delay a games and false starts you should never have. So here's head coach Josh McDaniels when asked about those offensive penalties. Well, first of all, it doesn't happen every game, you know, so this isn't something that's like, you know, it's happening every week. But, you know, it, you know, for me, if it happened in week one, I would be pissed. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's not something where it, you need, you know, 12 games to fix it. You know, the reality is, is it's a fundamental aspect of playing offense, defense or special teams is playing without committing penalties. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, it's hard to win until you stop from losing, and penalties obviously are a way for you to hurt yourself and your team. So, um, you know, we don't coach them. You know, we're going to continue to coach the right techniques. Um, we harp on that. You guys obviously saw us running laps and all that kind of stuff in training camp. So, um, you know, that doesn't stop. So um, we just got to go back to, you know, the fundamental part of, you know, executing the snap and not committing a foul prior to it. And, um, there's no shortcut to it, though. No, no shortcut to it, but it just shouldn't happen. It really shouldn't. And he talked about he'd be pissed if it happened in week one. Should be pissed if it happens in week 15. Even more, right? I mean, just because at this point, you know what the hell you're supposed to be doing. 
You know the snap count. I don't care how long you've been playing, you should know the snap count. You know the snap count before you leave the huddle. Every one of them do. And for them to continue to have false starts and delay a game at home, it's not like the, I mean, the Patriots had to delay a game, but they're on, the, they're on the road. You shouldn't have delay of games multiple times. It just it, it drove me crazy to continue to see that, and it just keeps shooting them in the foot, shooting them in the foot, shooting them in the foot, and making it that much more difficult to try to pick up a first down and then another first down. And, oh, by the way, try to get in scoring position, something they weren't able to do till the very end of the game. Again, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Red Nation Radio 920. want to hear Josh McDaniel's thoughts on a few of the players, including Luke Masterson, the undrafted free agent, the linebacker. We've had him on the show a couple times. Uh, dude played his tail off yesterday, led the team in tackles with 11. Here's, uh, here's what Josh McDaniel's had to say about Masterson. He works really hard. He's a young kid, but he doesn't prepare like a young kid. Um, he's got a maturity about him. I think he really pays attention to the veteran players that could show a player like him how to do it right, even if they're not necessarily – he has good guys in his room, obviously, with Denzel. But, you know, I, I think he pays attention to Duran. I think he pays attention to Max and Chandler. I, I think he pays attention to guys like that. And – um, just really approaches the week like a pro, like a veteran pro. And, again, like you said, I mean, there's definitely things that Luke is going to be able to learn from and get better every week. But he studies hard, he prepares hard, he takes care of his body. He's out there every single day. He plays in a kicking game. He's tough. He'll tackle, uh, you know, and, he, and, he's, and he's smart. So, you know, he's got a lot going for him. And I think he really has a great mindset about how to approach his work. And I think that showed in, in the more opportunities that he's gotten. 44 snaps Luke Masterson had, and uh, according to Pro Football Focus, and it's not the end-all, be-all, he had a 72.3 grade. You know who had a little bit better grade than that? Tyler Hall, 72.4 on 43 snaps. And he's been getting a lot more burn as of late. Here's uh, head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Tyler Hall. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously earned he, – he's earned this um, with what he's done and, um, you know, really – um, disciplined guy, scrappy, tough, uh, does his job the right way, sticks his nose in there, tackles, um, you know, and I think he just, you know, he just continues to try to, you know, grow and as a player and um, really earn the opportunity that he's had, you know, playing inside as our nickel. So, um, you know, pleased with what he's done. And, uh, again, like a lot of our young guys, has room to grow for sure, but – um, you know, it, it hasn't been too big for him, for sure. You know, he's got right in there, and uh, he's played in some, some critical situations. Coach McDaniels talking about Tyler Hall, and he has. He's come up with some big plays. He had a sack the very first time he had ever had an opportunity to be on the grass with the Raiders uh, when he was called up from the practice squad. And he's just, he just seems like he's making plays and getting more comfortable with out there, being out there making plays. And just got a couple more sound bites from you, and this is both have to do with that big punt block right before halftime. And the first one is I just asked him about – Malcolm Kuntz and the fact that he hasn't got a lot of burn defensively, but all of a sudden when it was his time to make a play, he was able to do it and step up in that moment. I know that they, they had a little bit of, I think it was some, either some kind of a miscommunication relative to being, some of them thought that the ball wasn't going to be snapped and then obviously the ball got snapped. So I, I mean, I, I give credit to, to our guys for being ready to go, you know what I mean, even though there was some other stuff going on. Like, once he saw the ball get snapped, he just went and did his job, you know, and was fortunate to, I mean, have the opportunity presented to him, and he took advantage of it. So um, Malcolm's really tried hard to improve in a lot of ways this, this, uh, this season. 
unfortunately for him, he's you know he's in a room with two guys that you know have, have played a lot of football, and Clee's got a different role than Malcolm. So really, those three guys kind of have managed a lot of that stuff. Um, but you know, Malcolm's really been unselfish. He's played in a lot of kicking situations all season long, um, and done a nice job for us. So. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he was ready to go and uh, look forward to continuing to have him grow as he gets older here. So there's Joshua Daniels' thoughts on Malcolm Coons came up with the big block right before halftime that led to the Raiders' score. They weren't going to score before halftime if he hadn't made that block. And so they made the block, and that changed the whole game. And not to mention he hadn't called timeout, so he had a couple timeouts left in his pocket. But uh, right after I asked about Malcolm Coons and he kind of gave that explanation that you heard right there, I believe Vinny Bonsignor asked him, was he thinking about calling a timeout on that punt, on that attempt? I did. Um, I wasn't, I didn't, I was not, uh, we actually, uh, we're going to ask the question. Um, they pumped the clock, um, you know, because the clock was getting low and then they did this and then, and then uh, they actually pumped the clock back up, which is why I think some of their guys were trying to get the, either the snapper or the punter or whatever to, to waste more time, you know what I mean? And so I was literally on the verge of doing this, and then the ball got snapped. And so, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what happened there with, the, with why the, the, the play clock got pumped again. Um, and so I was, I was definitely on the verge of doing that when that happened. Um, such is life. <laughs> there he goes. Here goes Josh McDaniels right there uh, talking about almost calling – Almost calling that timeout, and he ultimately did not call that timeout, and that was good, right? They blocked the punt, and then they have an opportunity uh, to, to score, which they did. They got into the end zone on the, on the big play right there to Mac Hollins uh, where he went down low to get the touchdown catch, and uh, he, had a, he had a very important role that he played on Sunday. So Mac Hollins gets a touchdown. Darren Waller gets a touchdown. Chandler Jones gets a touchdown, right? And the, and the Raiders win the game uh, just – a heck of a performance. You've got to give them a lot, a lot of credit for what they were able to do and the way that they were able to get it done. And it's not always pretty, but, you know, it is, it is what it is. Isn't that what they say? It is what it is. You've got to take the wins. You take the wins the way that you can uh, in the NFL because they're tough, and you've got to celebrate the Ws. Uh, 702-365-9200. Uh, Who would you say is up, up next, Damon? ABA Ivan Davis, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, did they give a name for that play yet? Oh uh, no, I didn't. I didn't even try to come up with a name for the play. You got one? I definitely got one. The immaculate deception. De for defense. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, and so uh, to me, that's closing the book on Tuck Rule because, if, especially if New England Patriots don't make the postseason. Because I was listening to Ticket 1050, and they was uh, listening to the uh, New England, uh, you know, media, yeah. and and they're just crying a fit right now. I mean, they're having a real hard time understanding this, and so you know, unfortunately, there's no sympathy on my part for that. But anyway, uh, I mean, that was uh, that was a great effort. I guess the thing that makes me the most proud about that is the first thing they did. They ran to the crowd and celebrated with the Raider Nation. Uh, to me, uh, the, as great as that play was, that meant more. That, 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 that meant more to me. That the first, their first instinct was to go celebrate with the, with the Raider Nation at that play. And so, uh, anyway, you, do, you guys doing a great job as usual. You know, real busy right now. 
Just thought I'd listen to the uh, radio show, chime in real quick. You guys have a great day. Go Raiders. All right, there he goes, ABA Ivan Davis. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get into the, the whole name in the play because I knew everybody else was doing that, and I didn't want to kind of uh, keep the ball rolling. I thought we'd get a little bit more creative and uh, talk about where that ranks, you know, as far as that finish in, in your sports in your sports fandom. You know, what you've been able to see and witness, where does that rank? Like I saw, I saw Michael Jordan finish off the Utah Jazz, right? I was watching that game, and, and the way that the whole thing ended with the steal and Carl Malone and coming down the other way, like that was a great finish, and that was a championship. Right, I mean, this was a hell of a finish, but it regular season game, right? I mean, so when you say that it was, it kind of cleared it up for the tuck rule, yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of, but not really. I mean, the tuck rule was in the playoffs, so that, you know, that's still a little personal uh, because I, I, I remember how, how much I felt like the Raiders were going to go to the Super Bowl that year, and it didn't happen. So it, 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 it helps, but I don't think that it completely closes the door on that. But there's been some great finishes. In, in sporting events that I've seen over the course, that I've been blessed to see over the course of my life. Hell, you could say, um, you know, an individual sport, you could say the way Tiger Woods finished the Masters when he had torn his ACL. And they remember they extended it to Monday? I didn't even go to work that Monday. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm staying. I got to watch this. I mean, that was a hell of a finish. That was one of the great finishes and great comebacks. I mean, there's, there's so many that I'm sure you as a sports fan has been able to watch and, and see and witness uh, yourself either on TV or in person, so that's that's the question that I threw out there to you at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred, and also the don'tbebroke.com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Got a text from the seven zero two. I was happy for Coach. I thought he outcoached Bill, who looked miserable, like he was in a dentist chair. Our much maligned coach has us on a win streak, uh, four or five wins. Uh, not yet. Kennedy echoed the concern you had for the offensive line. Pat's blitz every down. They knew we were vulnerable. Our quarterback kept getting up after taking sack after sack in his elite and two-minute drill. JT was talking after the game about it. This team loves playing for this coach. And thank you for the text. And, yeah, I mean, they're, they're not on a win streak yet, right? they gotta got to go, go win a couple games to get on a win streak. they got to win this upcoming week against Pittsburgh to be on a win streak. But, um, you know, when the team is sitting there, as I mentioned earlier, 6-8 and eight overall and 20 out of 32 teams in the league are 500 or below, you know, it, it kind of takes a little bit of the sting off. It doesn't excuse them for the, the lack of wins that they've had, but it takes a little bit of the sting off because they're more like the majority of the league than they are others in the league. And you want them to be in that others group. You want to be them in that, in that group where they're one of the dominant teams in the league. But there just isn't a whole lot of them. There just isn't. Uh, I got a text from uh, Fargo Raiders. at Q and DeMond, Fargo Raider here. Terrell Pryor, 82-yard touchdown run for an honorable mention. That, was, that wasn't to end the game, though. That was, wasn't that against Pittsburgh? Wasn't that against Pittsburgh early in the game against at the Coliseum? I thought the, and I thought the Raiders damn near lost that game. I could have sworn they almost lost that game. I know, I know what you're talking about with Terrell Pryor and that big run because I want to say it was a, a Raider record for the longest. But, um, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't to, uh, to win the game. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, so many professional college games that I watched both live and on TV that blew my mind as of walk-off victories. Oh, man, great topic here. As a Laker fan, the shot from Derek Fisher hit with four seconds versus the Spurs. That was awesome. That was a good one. That was the most improbable one. It's like, no way. And he said, I ran out of Bloomingdale's like a little kid after that happened. I was, I was watching that live. You were watching the game live in Bloomingdale's? <laughs> Who does that? I was at the Dubs game when LeBron hit a buzzer beater three-pointer when he was with the heat to stun the Dubs. Crowd was stunned and in disbelief. Uh, I can go on and on. This great topic, Sir Whiskey Ray. And that's the beauty of it, man. There's so many great games that 
you know, have had so many great finishes. That's what I really want to kind of deep dive in. We got about an hour and some change left in today's show as we're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're always here on Monday Night Football. Tonight we got the Packers. We got the Rams. We'll be up on these many TVs that we have. We'll have drink specials, have food specials. Got a lot of prizes for you to pick from. We got T-shirts, Radio Nation Radio 920 T-shirts. We got Hop Valley, Hazy IPA. We've got cups. We got koozies. All we need is you. And we got the sign-up sheet, so we're going to get you registered for a chance to win uh, some tickets, some Ignite versus Ontario tickets, a little G League Ignite, a little action at the DLC. Got you going to get you hooked up with those tickets as well. So come on by here, check us out again in the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Red Nation Radio 920.